everyone, Dave and Jeff doing a podcast on a Sunday night, just minutes after Super Bowl 53 has come to an end. Patriots win 13-3 over the Los Angeles Rams. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. <laughs> but um, you know what, Dave? Game sucked. My weekend was amazing. Okay, I well, hope everybody else had an amazing weekend because it was. Yeah, weekend was great. Oh, that's funny as hell. Okay, I'm, I'm now I'm curious to know because I don't know anything that happened in your weekend, but yeah, I watched the same game you saw it, and you got to tell me first why did the game suck? Uh, brutal. Uh, because Sean McVay, to me, Sean McVay and Jared Goff got swallowed up by the moment. That that whole team, and I know the defenses. I know the Rams defense played great. I know the Patriots defense played great. I just felt like having watched a lot of Rams football all year, there was such a natural free flow and rhythm to that team that I never saw tonight. And as fine as New England played defensively, yeah, I just I I never felt like they were there. But I bet that team I don't know, Dave. I, I shouldn't say I bet that team's back, man. We've seen it with other teams where you go and they feel like, ah, oh, that team will be back. A lot of good teams in the NFC. You want to believe the Rams are back. All I know is the fight for L.A. is back on, sucker. <laughs> you know, that's exactly what the Chargers were thinking the entire time. They were like, anything, this is great. Yeah, anything but the Rams winning. I mean, you heard Melvin Gordon say the same thing. Without a doubt, I'm rooting for the Patriots because you don't want to take a chance that the Rams are a world champion before you get a chance to make it to that that game. I mean, it's bad enough, I think, for a lot of Charger fans that are in Los Angeles and, and people joke around how many there are, but there are some season ticket holders and there are people who are investing in the Chargers to have one team already claim a world championship would be it would be a big deal for me watching that game and I'm an offensive guy like you just mm -hmm. like everybody is I don't care who you are you play fantasy football we know you're drafting a ton of offensive players and sure you draft a defense you draft a one defense there aren't too many leagues where you're yeah. drafting individual guys but for guys who really love football I'm talking football coaches football players that was a game where they would say look this game was undecided for the first 55 minutes yeah. of the game and it was better than some of the other games. People say this was the worst Super Bowl of all time. For, in my opinion, it's not even close. The worst Super Bowl of all time was the Broncos and Seahawks, the one that was in New York. It was over on the very first play of the game. Yeah. Because it was a safety that went against the Broncos. Then they had a kickoff to Seattle, scored a touchdown immediately. It was 9 nothing. Game was over, and Seattle completely ran away with the game. This game, as I said, I'm an offensive guy. You're an offensive guy. The Rams high-powered offense. Everyone wants to know what's the deal with Todd Gurley. You, yeah. you have to believe in your mind the game's different if you have a guy like Cooper Cup, who was out, of course, with an injury. But they took away, meaning the Patriots, they took away Robert Woods. Mm -hmm. They took away Cooks. They took away the running game. Goff wasn't obviously ever comfortable. And you sit there and you go, well, what could McVay possibly do? He's supposed to be a genius. I thought both these guys defensively, you talk about who was not taken out of the moment. It was the veteran Wade Phillips. His defense was pretty damn good. Yeah, solid all the way through. Real quick on your... Uh, worst Super Bowls, Broncos Super Bowls. Yes. Remember a Bronco Niners Super Bowl in New Orleans? 55-10. Yeah, game was done. Yep. And then I remember a Broncos Super Bowl here. I think it was 42-10. Yeah, against Doug Williams, <laughs> right? <clears throat> and you look at that, Chargers, yeah. uh, Chargers Niners. Yeah, right away. Like anybody done. I mean, that game and you're just like, holy cow, it's like watching an execution. No, it was funny watching that game tonight. Because there was, Dave, yeah, technically the Rams were in it the whole way and you tie it at three, but there was never any sense, having watched the Chargers play forever, Yeah, there was always a sense with Charger games where the Chargers would be ahead, but they would, controlling the ball, but then they'd settle for field goals, yeah. and all of a sudden you'd look and you'd go like, man, they're only up 9-3, and if... Denver or New England or the Ravens score a touchdown here, somehow they're going to have a lead, and that's exactly how that game would play out. Yeah. I never felt that for New England. I felt like New England had that game in control the whole way and didn't do anything. I just never felt like the Rams were going to sneak up and steal it from them. That's why I felt like the moment was too big. felt like the moment was too big for Goff and might have been too big for McVay at the same time. Was there any part of that game where you, you felt like this game is different than every game you've watched all season long, meaning yeah. that the referees seem to swallow a lot of whistles? Yeah, I I, I wasn't... I and was, I'm not blaming the the game on the referees. And, and going back to last year's Super Bowl, there were a couple touchdowns with Philadelphia where you go, well, that wasn't a catch two weeks ago. Why is yeah. that a catch now? Where it seems like the game is officiated different in the playoffs and Super Bowls than what we're seeing during the regular season. Well, and especially after what happened in New Orleans. Yes. 
So now all of a sudden, because and Goodell's under pressure because he doesn't say anything until the press conference, and now you have to do it. I, I didn't have any problem with the officiating. I just felt like looking at it, Dave, the biggest problem for the NFL tonight was people were bored. Yeah. And I can tell you firsthand how bored people were because I said um, right after halftime, just goofing around on Twitter, I put a poll up and I said, what was the most boring thing to this point? Yeah. A, the game, B, Maroon 5, C, the commercials, and I had about 47 votes in four minutes. I said, God dang, it's like the kids in Oliver, <laughs> right? Anybody is just looking for something to do. Yeah. You can do whatever you want to do defensively, offensively, but you were boring to your fan base tonight. And, I agree with that. And, and that's a problem. Yes. I completely agree with that. People so were when not sit, er, happy. You're right. They weren't happy. It was That's a great call. You're boring to your fan base because there are a lot of people that are around for this game that traditionally aren't football fans. Like My mother, right. I know, watched the game tonight. She's not ever watched an NFL game. There are Super Bowl parties all over the country. Yeah. People don't watch games. And guess what you had to do at yeah. that party? You had to talk to the idiot next to you yeah. that you didn't want to talk to. And all of a sudden, <laughs> it's like, hey, Mike, what'd you put in this chili? Is that a Chipotle pepper, Mike? You son of a gun. <laughs> hey, Amy, how'd that surgery go? Yeah? You still got that scar? Hey. Yeah, because with the game, you can sit there and get hammered <laughs> yeah. and not have to worry about talking to the moron next to you. And then all of a sudden, you have to sit, hey, how's everything at the paint store, Tom? You having fun? Hey, Woods, how was your trip? Did you have fun talking to Morton Anderson? Yeah, you get stuck with that. People are bored. Did you have a feeling this is the last one for Brady and the Patriots? I know nope. it sounds weird to say. Do you really have a feeling like this is going to continue yeah. on and on? Yeah. Why not? Because the reason I say that is you look at the awards, banquets, and everything that happened over the weekend. Shoot and you're saying, well, obviously you do, but you look at Mahomes and you're going, the guy really basically was a rookie this year. Yeah. And he had 50 touchdowns, and the Chiefs were pretty damn good. Even with home field advantage, they couldn't get by the Patriots in a game that went to overtime. But you look at a Chiefs team that's getting better. You look at. A Charger team, whereas a bunch of young guys outside of their quarterback, they're getting better. The Steelers, you have to figure out, will be different. I mean, it is the NFL. There's a reason why it's the most watched game going. But at the same time, when the Patriots pulled the move, hey, everybody doubted us. Like, you were favorites 15 minutes yeah. after the line came out. It switched yeah. immediately. What are you talking? You guys always play that underdog thing. You're the Patriots. You right. went to nine Super Bowls in the Tom Brady era. They took uh, you and using an uh, UFC analogy, they took the Rams to the center of the cage and they tapped them out. Yeah, they, they did. They took them. The Rams were the hot shot. They'd been going great. They took them to the center of the octagon. And they tapped them out. And unfortunately, it was a tap out. It wasn't a knockout. And if they had come out today and you, you watch Brady lead the offense and Gronkowski scoring and Edelman scoring and this game's 35 to 3, I think the the talk afterwards is a lot different. But I think, Dave, there were just too many people that walked away, just shrugged. They shrugged and like, eh, whatever. You, it didn't get you fired up. I don't know how many people are now doing what we've done so many times in the past, which is coming to grips with the fact that there's no football tomorrow. Yeah. And there might be some people that are like, thank God, <laughs> which is kind of a drag because it was a fun year. There were a lot of good people that came through, but – um, yeah, I, I thought, look, I'm a guy that can appreciate what we have in front of us. And I watch it and I go, my kids, and I watched the game tonight with my son, Cade. We didn't go to a restaurant. We yeah. didn't do any of that. We just hung out. We watched it. And, uh, and for me, like, that's what, that's what the weekend will be. The weekend will be the memory of watching it with my 11 year old son. Yeah. Where was his brother with his mom getting a hamster? And so his brother. Oh had, boy. Yeah. The hamster's a big mistake. Uh, it's not not living with me. Not in your house. But The hamster always gets lost and gets stuck in the walls until uh, you now you don't hear it all well, of a sudden. I better get this thing settled yes. before they got to get Orkin in there to drag out <laughs> Fluffy. Drag Fluffy out by the tail. But that's what it was. And I said to him, I said, uh, I said, Cade, this guy was winning Super Bowls, man, way before you were even around. Yep. And I said, pretty incredible run and... Who knows if he does another one, but 
when you are a dad sitting with your kid and you're talking about games and you go, Tom Brady, I go, man, I hope you remember. Yeah, I hung out with my dad. I hung out with my dad and we watched him take the Rams out yeah. and it was kind of cool. That to me was the weekend. Commercials were boring other than the NFL 100 I thought was great. I'm glad you said that. That's Loved the it. only one that, that was awesome and it was put on by the NFL. That NFL 100 commercial was outstanding. We thought that one was funny. Okay, let me ask you. We had this debate before you move on. Uh-huh. When was that thing filmed? When do you think that was I don't taken know. care of? Because there's no way it was done in the last two weeks, right? Because there are a lot of guys right. who played in the game that were in it. Yeah. But yet the way they did it, even the Franco Harris uh, move was awesome. Right. The immaculate reception. Which, All of it. Which sucks if you're Dick a Raider Buckus, fan. But Bradshaw. It was so good. Yeah. They didn't have, I was a little disappointed that they didn't have Ron Yeri or yeah. any of the former great Vikings in it. <laughs> um, I thought that was great. And the other one that just made my son laugh is when the Bud Light guys were dragging the corn syrup all around. I don't know that we would have thought that big a deal of it, but that they had to keep dragging it to castle to castle. But yeah, the the whole thing, Tony Romo choked. Well, okay, let me ask you about that one. I saw you put on Twitter you didn't like Tony Romo. What is it about Tony Romo you don't like? Because Tony Romo leading up to this point had been dynamite. You yeah. felt like... This is a guy who sees a completely different game than the rest of us, and he's so much fun bringing us inside the circle. And Tony Romo tonight sounded like the guy sitting next to you on the couch sucking down the Tostitos. He, he was nothing. Do you think he held back a little bit from what he's done the, the last two years because of the criticism of people saying, don't tell us the play? For me as a football fan, I love when you can tell me what part of my TV I'm supposed to look at. Right. I, I do really enjoy Tony Romo. Today, he didn't seem like the regular Tony Romo. I, yeah. I wasn't a huge critic as far as saying you know, that Phil Simms should be in there. Uh, like Dan Novak, but, that idiotic comment. Did you see that? Dan Novak, the dumbest comment ever. <laughs> Dan's the same guy who thought Dennis Morgino should do Padres play-by-play. Two incredibly nice guys. But I was like, oh, Novak, take a seat. <laughs> I've always been a Phil Simms fan, and I am really disappointed with Tony Romo tonight. Yeah. Phil Sims. You, you and Phil Sims are the only ones that think that. Right. That's basically it. It feels like, no. Um, he Dave, to me, again, big stage, he panicked. Not as bad as Tracy Wolfson. Postgame show was horrendous. As I have him. How many times? <laughs> but as Tom Brady's hugging everybody in yeah. the stadium and Tracy Wolfson's like, I have him. And no, you don't. Yeah, because yeah. he's shaking hands with everybody. Yeah, I said basically, Adrian had an easier time getting a Rocky than, than yeah. Tracy Wolfson did to getting to Tom Brady. <laughs> and then Tom Brady kisses some guy right on the mouth, and you're like, oh, Who, "Who's that guy? He's kissing." Going on there. We're like, "What does he mean to Tom? Who is that guy? Is it a brother? Who Who is that guy?" And you sit there going, "Where is Tracy? She's a completely lost." Tom's done so many of these. Yeah, he's like, "I'm going to enjoy this moment for me," and, and that that was. One of those things he moved on. The, the one thing I will say, I think Tony Romo dropped the ball on. Patrick Chung breaks his arm, okay? And he's a huge part of the Patriots defense. It's kind of reminded me when Rodney Harrison broke his yep. arm. Remember that against the Eagles? In, in, was it the Eagles or the, the Panthers? I think it was the Eagles. And anyway, he breaks his arm in the Super Bowl. And Patrick Chung's out. And we're like, okay, well, he's out. Who replaced him? He never yeah. told you who's the guy you have to keep an eye on. Will the Rams try and pick on this guy? He never let us know who that guy was. Um Overall, for the season, I liked him. You know, and, and, and Jim Nance and Tony Romo have that relationship going, and CBS is extremely happy with the, both those guys. I think but, for the most part, football fans like that Tony lets you know where the play is. Some people think it's annoying, but I like to know what part of my screen I'm supposed to look at. Romo is a cleaned-up version of what John Madden was 25 years ago. And when Madden and Summerall did the Super Bowl, Madden was Madden. Yeah. And Romo tonight might as, might as well have been Artema, uh, Adam Archuleta. Doing a game, right? Where you're just like, Steve Berline. One of these other nondescript Solomon Wilcots. Anybody else where you just go, the guy in there sitting there doing the game. And you go, well, big deal. I didn't learn anything. I didn't see anything. You needed Romo to be great tonight because yep. the game wasn't. The game wasn't great, so you needed Romo to pick up the slack. And he didn't do it. He didn't have the ability to to find his A game. It's interesting. This was his first Super Bowl as a broadcaster, you know, first or, as, or as a player. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this was his first Super Bowl, his biggest chance to shine, and I, th I think it went a little bit different. Also, I'm sure they expected a lot more offense, which we didn't see, which I think is even more of a reason of why you want to hear Tony Romo why it's not when, working. Exactly, Dave. That's when he has to tell you, "Hey, 
this is why it's working. Give yeah. me something to see other than just the fact that Jared Goff doesn't seem like he's able to make a play and we're seeing a whole lot of Johnny Hecker. Like, just tell me why I'm seeing that. And, and I don't know. I felt like a lot of fake enthusiasm from him. And, and yeah, I just felt like he got, like, the game got in his head. I felt like it, yeah, crossed the board. McVeigh, yeah, McVeigh, Goff, and and Romo, three guys there first time, and I just felt like yeah, they got swallowed up by the moments. When when we sat in here two weeks ago tonight, and you said who are you gonna pick, I said I like those guys, but I'm not going against a uh, couple of first timers yeah. against Brady and Belichick. Told you bet the Patriots to the under. Because I didn't see there being a ton of points, but hoped it would be better than it was. Here's one of the most interesting things to me about the Patriots dynasty. And it's funny is I know that was a big betting line was how many times the word dynasty was used. It was used right almost at zero, if not a second after zero. Jim Nance used the word dynasty. Right. And that was a, that was basically a big gambling but point. But how else do you describe a team? Well, it, it, is a di- times, it, it, is, it, it is a dynasty. I mean, yeah. who are we kidding? We've never seen anything like it. And I couldn't agree with people more when they say we'll never see it again. And you go, it's been absolutely incredible what one guy and Tom Brady has done. The stat that I was bringing up was Ty Law gets into the Hall of Fame yesterday. Mm-hmm. The only three Patriots in the time Tom Brady has been part of this organization that have gone in the Hall of Fame. And those three Patriots are Randy Moss, who did not win a Super Bowl. Yeah, Ty Law, who won the first one against the Rams, the one in New Orleans. Okay. And Junior Seau, who also did not win a Super Bowl. Man, Those are the only three. I mean, it's really when you talk about an organization and a team and – Amendola last year when he says, I'm out, you know, forget yeah. it. I'm, I'm done with this. And it's not everything they promised me. I'm going to show them. Well, guess what? He moves on. They lose Josh Gordon. And yeah. all of a sudden, Julian Edelman, the five foot nine kid from a no name school is the guy that basically is your Super Bowl MVP by far the most dominating, important guy on the field tonight. Rodney should be in. Yep. Mm. Rodney should be in. Uh, I thought Nate Burleson was good today talking about why Julian Edelman's a Hall of Famer. I agree with because that. Because I don't think a lot of people instantly look at him and say, absolutely fit him for a gold jacket. But when you heard Burleson, the guy who played the position, lay out his argument why, you go, yeah. yeah. But the problem is that you have these dinks that go in that room and vote that may not look at it. They may look at him as a role player, Dave, may look at him as a system guy instead of having an appreciation for just how good he is. Does he get penalized like Rodney did because of the steroids? Remember, he missed yeah. four games last year, the same thing with the yeah. steroids. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, he will. Uh whole thing. But again, man, you, you go 6 and 3, but to me it was just kind of uh, they didn't back into 6 and 3. They they won it, but they tiptoed in. They sure didn't kick the door down. But I I think if I'm Stanley Cronky sitting there tonight with the sunglasses on, it's like, dude, you're still named Stanley. Calm down. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny people say Patriot fans will love to say this. They're 6 and 3. Could easily have been nine and zero. They easily could be zero and nine too. Right. I mean, all these basically came down to one possession. Yeah, yeah. David Tyree. Yeah, they're they're all over the place. I mean, they're they're all over the place when you look at these. The thing is, though, they've won six of them. Very impressive, and the run they've had has been absolutely amazing. When you look at what the Patriots have done, I mean, I never would have thought the Patriots. When you think about when you and I were kids growing up, mm-hmm. that they would be the team of the NFL. You know, you always think it would be the Cowboys or the Steelers or one of those yeah. teams, but not the Patriots. And the Patriots have, have been absolutely incredible since Tom Brady is coming in the league. Uh, Dave, here's why my weekend was awesome. Okay, good. My weekend was awesome because I did something that I never would have expected to do, and I did it, and the fallout from it was great. Skydiving? I went skydiving. And as I was skydiving down, I had a bow and arrow, and I took out 27 elk. And I cleaned them with my bare hands, and we ate it over an open fire. No, I did not. Um, being a UFC fan, UFC the UFC did a really weird thing in their new TV deal. And they have gone away from Fox, where you could find every fight card on Fox Sports 1, Big Fox, or even Fox Sports 2. They brought their TV deal over to ESPN, which you go, okay, well, that's great. Problem is that, I don't know, at least 50% of the fights are streaming on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah. Do you have ESPN+. Plus? No, I do not. I, I think a lot of people are like that. And you go, okay, well, I guess I have to download the app 
And you, and I'm not a guy. I don't want to watch fights on my phone. I want to be able to enjoy it. Uh, I have a 4K TV. I want to be able to watch it. So I have an LG TV and I have a Sony Blu-ray player. So I go, all right, well, that's fine. We'll just hook up ESPN Plus and off we go. No, there is a contract between the network and certain TVs and they, well, you're not able to find it. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen where you narrow your audience by only making a contract with select groups. It would be like if HBO said, hey, we're not going to go on Dish Network and we're not going to go on Spectrum. We're only going to be on DirecTV and Cox Cable. People be like, why would you do that? But it's exactly what happened here. So I took my son. I told you I had my son. And I said, look, we're going to have to go get a different Blu-ray player. And I said, I'll give you the one I have. You can have it for your room. So we go out yesterday and pouring rain, running around, right? But we're just hanging out and having fun. We go to Best Buy and I said to him, I go, I go, I got this 4K TV and Goodfellas and all these DVDs now are in 4K. I go, what the heck? Might as well do it right. We go look at a 4K TV, uh, 4K Blu-ray player. They're 300 bucks. Really? So my son is goofing around on the phones. And I start talking to the uh, salesman at Best Buy. I start asking a couple of questions. And the next thing you know, I say to my son, all right, let's get out of here. And he goes, oh, okay. And he looks down and he looks at the bag. He goes, what's that? Dave, I walked out of there with the 4K PS4. Okay. I would have never imagined. PS4, another controller, MLB The Show, and NHL. And I said to him, it makes more sense. Yes. And so I'm not a gamer. Like, I don't, I don't play a lot of games. But he and I spent the, like, last night we played the show and then today playing NHL. And we're fighting and cross-checking and knocking guys over. the. David was an absolute blast. And the thing that made it so fun was... He didn't ask for it. Yeah. He's just goofing around on the phone, and you go in, and I said to him tonight when I dropped him off, I go, you know what? I go, I had zero interest in buying that system, but I said it's it was like the highlight of the weekend. Yeah. And I said, every time I look back on this dopey Super Bowl tonight, I said, I'm going to remember a really fun father-son weekend where we were playing games, I'm Every time uh, we play MLB The Show, he has it at his house. When I pitch, first batter for him takes one in the back. <laughs> and he loses his mind every time. Um, but it saved the weekend. Yeah. And I said to him, you know, this is great. And create a player and do all the dopey stuff. But I don't know, man. I, I just, like, I, I talked to his mom who spent the weekend with his brother and he just kind of hung out. And I said to him, and I go, hey, man, between you and I, we won the weekend. <laughs> like, like, it's not a competition. Yes. But we won the weekend. Yes. And it was super fun. And, like, I came down here, Dave. It was not because of that game and not because of Maroon 5. But I, I came in here tonight to do this. Go, God dang. That yeah. was great. And sometimes certain things just happened. Good. And after how crummy 2018 was, I said to him, we're going to win a few things in 2019. And most importantly, I won in the shootout today, and that that's what I reminded him. I said, take your loser, yeah. 0-1 ass out of my car, get out of here, learn how to defend against the wrist shot, and beat it. <laughs> you know what? It's funny. I watched the game at home with, with my son, Josh. Uh -huh. But before we watched it here, because I didn't want to be in the room with anyone that wasn't rooting for the Rams. I'm just right. I'm just done with that. I, I right. told you, man, it's I'm at the point in my life. I don't want to do things. I won't do things I don't want to do as much as I can. Put Especially it that way. Especially Brady fans. If you know any Brady fans, they'll wear you out. Yes. And I had a, had a, had a $100 bet with a Patriots fan that was in the room <laughs> and everything. And I said, I said I'm not going to watch the game with you. And yeah. it's the same guy, if it makes people feel better, that I lost $100 to when the Red Sox beat the Dodgers. So oh. basically it was, uh, it, was, it was one of those bets that I'll have to pay off on and no, no issue at all. But before I came home to watch the game, remember Eric Parker, former Charger yep. wide receiver? Eric Parker lives in our neighborhood. And he says, hey, I want you to, to come on over, bring uh, bring your wife, bring uh, Josh. And I'm having uh, about 30 people over. 
And he goes, I'm ordering 100 pounds worth of seafood from Louisiana, and we're going to we're gonna do this thing right. We're going to do crawdads, and we're going to have all this food. and Squeezing that head? And you like so, that? No, I didn't. do not like that. And a matter of fact, I wasn't going to eat any of them. He made me eat one right before I left. But he was, dude, he was such a nice guy, man. He, right. he, he was such a good guy. He's coaching football over at Helix High School right in your neighborhood, and, and he's you know giving back to the community. But one of the things he, he had in his house that I thought was cool, outside of you know all the game balls you get when you play for the Chargers, Drew Brees sent him one of the balls. Remember how Drew Brees sent out ninety nine footballs? Yeah, with the letter and everything, and he had it out, and he, he you know he didn't it wasn't one of those where he had it where you see it as soon as you walk in. I said, hey, I know you got one of the balls. Can I see it? Yeah. And then there it was, you know, with the ball and the the personalized letter from Drew Brees. And you and I have done stuff with Drew Brees in the past, and. Absolute great guy. Actually, we did stuff with Drew before Drew became Hall of Fame yeah. Drew. And just, just the nicest guy going. And it was it was just an interesting day, something I haven't done before. You know, Eric Parker's a guy I've met a few times, but not on a friend basis, but it was super nice. He knows yeah. what's going on with our family and the year yeah. we've had. And said, hey, bring your wife and, and son over. And uh, we went over and, and spent the morning, early afternoon with his family. And it was a good time. It was something different. It's all good. The only thing that's going to be better, Dave, this week is what's coming down the uh, the pipe for Padre baseball. Yes. Because swinging. You tell me what's happening this week. Well, I I don't know what's going to happen okay. this week. But are, are you caught up in Twitter? Uh, yeah. But I'll, uh, Pete Seidler going to Vegas to meet with Bryce Harper is pretty cool. Right? And now one of them, whether it's Pete or Fowler or both, is scheduled to go to Miami this week. To meet with Manny Machado. Yes. Dave, I, I will say what I said last week. If they don't get either guy, I think we would all be disappointed. But nobody's going to throw their remote through the back window. Because they did their due diligence to at least talk, try and talk they're to both in. guys. They're in. Whether they're serious or not. We don't know how serious or what the number is. But at least they, they knocked on the door. I'd have to feel like if Seidler's going over there to meet with Bryce Harper, he's making a run at him. And what you heard from certain reports are that Seidler's very, very intrigued by Bryce Harper. And I I think it's really cool. Uh, again, what I look at, why I'm not freaking out is because I remember in 2015 when they wanted Pablo Sandoval, neither of these guys will be mistaken for Pablo Sandoval. But the point being is that when Sandoval didn't work out, they didn't quit. They went out and made other moves. Maybe that moves Mike Moustakis, Dallas Keuchel. Do you want Could, Dallas Keuchel? Um, I don't think he makes much sense right now. I'm with you. I don't think he makes sense. But if it's a two-year deal, sure. I wouldn't do a five-year deal. Again, I always get concerned. Why would the Astros tell Dallas Keuchel, we don't need you anymore? You know, What did they see in Dallas yeah. Keuchel that they're willing to say, you aren't our guy. When the season ended last year, Keiko was basically their four or five. I also think, Dave, that they're they're a team that's probably like a lot of other teams that says, we're going to have guys coming up pretty soon that we're going to have to re-sign. And we have to determine who are guys that we can let go and who are the guys that can stay. There's not a salary cap, but but they're working within a budget. And, and they're looking at everything. And that's a pretty loaded team, Right from top to yes. bottom, and they're looking at it and going, we're going to have to re-sign a bunch of guys, and maybe Keiko's the guy we can let go. And I mean, they got a lot of arms. They sure do. they got a lot of arms. And especially when you m remember that they got Garrett Cole last year and they right. had Verlander. And, you know, they, they have basically a lot of arms to the point you would say if they ended up in the World Series again, you wouldn't be surprised. No, and, and they're deep, and that's the benefit. And I think that's what everybody is hoping the Padres could be at some point where you have so much depth coming up at different positions that you have that ability um, to to let certain guys go. But, yeah, I, I mean, I have much more interest in Dallas Keiko than I would Gio Gonzalez at this point. Yeah, I don't want Gio Gonzalez. Gio Gonzalez is just a name. And when, when they talk about Gio, it's like, wait a second. Gio is a guy that two other teams have already given up on. Why would you want Gio? Gio's not your guy. Well, I mean, you have nobody really in that rotation right now. That that rotation is paper thin. So I my guess would be that you're looking at Gio saying, yeah, I'd take Gio on a one-year deal a little bit like Kinsler. And maybe Gio comes here, pitches well in Petco, and you flip him, and you move him at the deadline or or whatever. But it's... 
Dave, hundred and what did I see the other day, hundred and thirty-five free agents. Now, a lot of these free agents remind me of the free agents that are available in week twelve of your yeah. fantasy football league. When you have your star wide receiver go down and all of a sudden you look up and there's Eric Decker. You're like, well, Eric Decker's not going to do anything for me. The guy's going to look nice in a suit with a scarf around his neck, but that's it. That's how these free agents are. But at this point, San Diego, you need a little depth in that starting pitching. You can't assume Lamette or Paddock yeah. or Quantrill or any of these other guys are going to be ready to go to anchor it. So you got to find two or three guys to bring in. Geo last year, uh, obviously, oh, know. you know, I, I'll just let the people know we're listening. Geo last year spent time with the Nationals and the Brewers and hitting the ERA well over four. Yeah. And losing record. You know, he wasn't the guy that he was just a few years ago where he had a 2.96 ERA. But again, if he's the best you can do, I, I kind of wonder. I kind of wonder why didn't you go after Wade Miley? You know, why wouldn't you go after some, one of those other guys that maybe people thought of a little bit more highly? Um, right now, I just want to play the game with you a little bit. All mm -hmm. right. So the Padre fans are extremely excited that the rumors are, as you said, they're doing their due diligence to go to Vegas and talk to Harper and talk to Machado as a Padre fan. You're the biggest Padre fan. I know mm -hmm. who do you rather have if you can only have one uh, Machado? I'm glad you said that. That's what a baseball person would say. Yeah, Machado. Machado. That's where you need help right. on the left side, right? Right. You need him more than Harper. That's the one thing that bothers me about the Padres when they talk about Harper that they want him as a marketing tool. They don't use say we want him as a guy that's going to lead us to the World Series. Yeah, I like Renfro. Like I, I'm fine with Renfro. Um, I don't know that I like Manny Margot. I don't either. Um, and I definitely don't like Will Myers. Yep. So to me, if I'm Renfro, Reyes, Cordero, right, with Jankowski and give me anybody else to fill out the – I'm fine with that. I kind of like that. Now, if I'm going Hosmer, Urias, uh, at some point Tatis and Machado, and then I'm going with uh, Mejia and Hedges. You know, Dave, what I saw the other day, you know who I think Mejia is? I think Mejia is Mike Piazza. and and That's a lot to say about a Hall of Famer. John, uh, I mean, there's a big size difference in the two guys. Mejia's not a big guy at all. John Conniff. From Matt Fryers, I was chatting with back and forth uh, last week, and John's going to be on. They've got their top 25 prospects coming up because what I said to John is, can you separate fact from fantasy for us, yeah. please? Because I feel like a lot of us are reading these names and we think everybody is, right, the next Roberto Clemente that they signed from the Dominican. Can you let us know who these guys are? Why I said that is reading the Keith Law scouting report. And yeah. the only thing why I would say that is because Keith Law talked about Mejia being a 25 to 30 home run guy, 300 average, and not so great defensively. And to me, when I look at those numbers, I go, it reminds me of Piazza. Where Piazza wasn't a guy that was great defensively as a catcher, but smoked the ball. Absolutely smoked it and was offensively unbelievable. And now... Look, is Rio Muto, you still in that game? It's funny you say that. The rumor is Rio Muto will be a Dodger by Monday. Now, by Monday? What by are they Monday, giving up? And they're, well, they're going to talk about giving up Ruiz, who's their top prospect, their top prospect catcher, which a lot of people are saying the Dodgers are making a big mistake. And the more I read and, and try and find out what right. the hell they're doing, as a guy that was a big Rio Muto fan, was pushing for him a year ago, the more I read, the more I dislike him. He's supposed to be an underachieving catcher. He's not good at pitch framing. He's not what yeah. a Dodger pitching staff needs back beyond the plate. Now, as far as a silver slugger, he already is a proven uh, best offensive hitting catcher in baseball right now, especially with Buster, Buster Posey excuse me, out the entire 2019 season, basically. For the Dodgers to say we're going to go offense and not worry about defense, I think it's kind of scary. The Dodgers have always been built around pitching. So to say he's the guy, it sounds like Ruiz at 23 is the guy that you probably would want to keep and say, you know what, we'll bide our time with. Austin Barnes and Russell Martin. So even if Real Muto was a Padre, I would tell you the same thing. Is he the guy to sit there and get the young pitching staff through when he's horrible at framing pitches? That that to me, and again, Dave, I, I see so many guys on social media that blow their their mouth off or shoot their mouth off. Uh, like they've watched every pitch of these guys and they have 25 years of scouting experience. And, you know, I don't have any clue on any of these guys. I just go off of what I read. But yeah. going off of what I've read, 
I'm like, you know what? Let's kind of ride the wave a little bit. Let's ride the wave and see what you have on those guys. Let's see where Hedges and Mejia work out. I, I'm interested by that. Uh, Hedges, again, you hear it. But but you can't dismiss the fact the kid's pretty damn solid defensively. And I remember Brad Osmus did pretty well. But you had other guys that could hit around him. That's why Machado becomes fascinating to me. Because if you can get Machado to play third and circle out that infield with the guys we talked about. And what if Machado says, I only want to play short? That's the sound, rumor right now. Yeah, it didn't sound like that's going to be an issue, though. And so even if you say you're going to play short, at least we know we can play short at the major league level. What's the big damn deal? Right. Worry about it later. Sign him and worry about it later. Right. But it, but from what, uh, from what Padres were saying in the different, whether it was Lynn or Rosenthal yeah. or Kevin AC or any of the others, from what they were all reporting, it didn't sound like that was going to be a big sticking point. And for me, if I'm the Padres, if you're only going to play short, then that tells me you're not a team guy. I need a guy who's a team guy, and I'm looking forward to having Tatis up here. And, uh, you know, man, I'd, I'd love to have you here. But if if you're putting yourself ahead of the team, then then we may not be a fit for you. You know, when you're looking at, uh, at Machado, I agree with you. Machado's the one you'd want over Harper. I know a, a lot of yeah. baseball fans want Harper because of the bigger name and Everything that happened with Machado just in the World Series where he talked about the lack of hustle mm -hmm. and it wasn't a big deal to him and, and stepping on a person's ankle and everything people looked at it that way and the Dodgers said they have no interest in him and the Yankees said they have no interest in him. I think Machado fits this Padre team and a need much better than, than Harper. It's not even close. Yeah, I, for me, San Diego, I'd much rather play in San Diego than play in Philadelphia. I, I really would. I'd, I'd come to San Diego. Well, I just don't know how important winning is in his mind. I mean, money obviously is huge, but how important is winning? The Phillies are a team that can contend. Yeah, I, but I think looking at San Diego, when you realize how deep they are, farm system, Tatis the other day named number one prospect in baseball, number one guy. And you it goes well. And, and to be fair, not to, uh, not to take a shot at Tatis, but it's either him or Vladimir Guerrero Jr., sure. depending on what list you look at. So fine. Yeah. Top two guys. Exactly. But then you look at other guys, and you look at the arms that are coming up and everything else coming up and playing at Petco Park and being part of something, building it, and looking at going, yeah, you know, I don't feel like this team's that far away. If if I'm not concerned about – I don't think the concern about winning factors in because to me, uh, if you go, well, who's the team that's not going to win? To me, it's the Giants, right? I kind of yeah. look at the White Sox and the Padres the same way. We go, yeah, they haven't won recently – but, and White Sox have won more recently than San Diego, but the White Sox have an insane farm system too. Yeah. See, I think the Phillies, not only do they have that farm system that people talk about, but they have the young guys already up. They have the Reese Hoskins and they have the Aaron Nola. They have, they have guys that they like a lot. And plus the guys that work for the Phillies now are supposedly are the same guys that uh, signed Machado when he was with the Orioles, that he knows those guys. An East Coast team, you hear about him wanting to be on the East Coast. I have no idea. I haven't yeah. talked to Manny Machado. I'm just saying... As a baseball fan, I'd like to see the Padres pursue him more than Harper if you had to choose just one. Well, we'll see what the numbers end up being. And I think the one thing is if he goes somewhere and it's a three-year, $75 million yeah. deal, Dave, I think the initial reaction will be for all of us to freak out and be like, you couldn't have done that. But I think that's where the secondary things come in that San Diego may not be have to offer. Yeah. And it may not be all about the dope. But as we sit here right now on the third, it's 11 days out from pitchers and catchers reporting for a lot of guys. And if I'm another guy, right, if yep. I'm Mike Moustakis right now, man, I am getting a Manny Machado and Bryce Harper voodoo doll, and I am <laughs> stabbing that thing as hard as I can with every tool of my Swiss Army knife because they've ruined my offseason. What Scott Boris is doing, dragging this thing out, and absolutely holding the market hostage is brutal. It's brutal for everybody else, and I think it's brutal for the game because you're going to have guys signing at the end. Like it, it, It's just funny. I was at Barnes & Noble yesterday. And one of the great things for years as a baseball fan for me um, was they'd have old school, Street and Smith baseball. Yeah. And you could read about everything that your team had done and you could start taking a look and realize how the national media had you compared to other teams in your division. Did did the national media see it through the same rose tinted glasses we did? 
And now you look at it and you go, why would I pay nine bucks for that? Who, who yeah. do you have on there? Nothing's been done, uh, right? Who's going to be the third baseman? You're not going to know because we don't know. All the different things that used to get you hyped up for this season uh, have just gone away because yeah. these guys are, are just absolutely holding the market hostage. And I just think it sucks. But um, as a fan, I don't know what happened. I mean, when you look at, I mean, there's still attendance wise, they did the numbers last week. I think Gwyn Intelligence, TV ratings are down. Season tickets have to be down. Yes. They have to be down. Overall, man on the street interest is down. So, to Pete and Ron's credit, they're noticing and making a run at it. Good. And I'm thankful for that. Good. Absolutely. All right. Before we get out of here, I'd like to throw just something at you, just kind of off the wall. Uh huh. You have no idea what question I'm going to throw at you. My question is this, because as you said, you find yourself in a room today full of people. A lot of times going to a Super Bowl party and you listen to conversations where somebody brings something up to you and they tell you how much they like something. Mm -hmm. And I start to realize there are a lot of things people like that, that I don't like. <laughs> is there anything that comes to your mind? All right. Think about this for a second. Something you don't like that is very popular with other people. They go, I love this, but, I, but you, you hate this. <laughs> Uh, from a Super Bowl party? Any, yeah, anything, anything. I'm not a wings guy. Okay, okay. My son, That's my son thing. Cade will eat wings so, like they're going out of yeah. style. So when people say, let's go get wings, you go, forget that. I don't want to go get wings. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not yeah. a wings guy, but yeah. I'll find something else. But my son Cade will sit there and eat wings, and he doesn't care. Yeah. Boneless, bone-in. So when I'm you're like, watching commercials on TV for wings or, or cheap wings on Tuesdays, you're like, in. there's no, yeah, but you're going, forget yeah. that. I'm not doing that. But I'll, I'll go with him. Yeah. But I'm like, how many of those do you have to yeah. eat? You're a grown kid. You're 11. I'm like, what am I, I go, what am I out? I yeah. can buy you 112 wings. And you you look like your face has been, you know, stuck in a, in a chili bowl. <laughs> but... Like until he showed up, yeah. I was like, "That's the biggest waste of time." It's the biggest um, over overrated food. Wings. Yeah, yeah I'm like, There's, yeah, right there, right. Wings and beer. Hey, let's go. Yeah. Get, hey, Dave, I'm gonna get you a bucket of nine hundred wings. <laughs> what am I gonna do with those? And especially <laughs> like like the mini drumstick one. Like I can yeah. see that, but it's that little actual wing. Yeah, and you're trying you're to get anything off bone. it. Yeah. You're chewing on a... Bone on with a, the ranch dressing. Right. Yeah. Like a parakeet wing. <laughs> How fun. Give me 10. Yeah. Some more Tweety's walking around in a sling because of you. Selfish bat. Uh, but the other one that I was saying the other day, yeah. I have zero time for Adele. Adele's the oh, biggest get... <laughs> waste of time. And these people cry. Yeah. When she sings, she's, oh, it's so beautiful. It's fantastic. I have zero time for Adele, and if Adele invites me to uh, invites me to go get wings, it ain't happening. <laughs> you and Adele eat wings? I would like to go to that. Oh, I would yeah. like to see that. I'd get something else. There'll be something else you can get, right? Yeah. Here are the two things that stand out to me as I was just listening to you talk. Two things that that stand out. One is craft beer. It is huge in San Diego. <laughs> oh, come on, you don't like IPA? No, I hate IPAs. I'm no, not an IPA so guy. No, I'm just telling you, it's one of those things where. Man, I understand right now Petco Park without a lot of talent on the field yeah. is the best bar in San Diego. Man, yeah. I am not a craft beer guy. And San Diego's huge for craft oh, beers. Oh, they're great. I'm in the wrong spot. I you understand are. that. Are you a wings guy? I can eat wings. Okay, but, that's but, funny. But I, I never go out and say, let's go get wings. But if someone yeah. brings them in, yeah, I'll sit down and I'll have my share. That's for sure. 19? Yeah, I can easily eat 19 wings. No no, <laughs> no problem at all. I can do the wings, no problem. And I could do all it right. with Adele at the same time. <laughs> The, the second one, and I watched it on a Super Bowl commercial, and I said, there's another one. The Big Lebowski. Overrated yeah. as hell. The dude, forget it. it it's the so most stupid. overrated movie of all time. Overrated character of all time. Forget it. I'll give you that one okay. completely. I'll give you that one. I don't yeah. get that. Do you have any friends that just say that's one of their top five favorite oh, movies? I have yeah. a bunch of people exactly. that love that movie. Never And I, look, I think Jeff Bridges is great. Jeff Bridges is going to have the dude on his goddamn tombstone. Yeah. Yeah. Like Crazy Heart was awesome. Um, he's been in a bunch of things that were great. But yeah, I got it. Yeah. There, <laughs> there's nothing for me where you look at it and you go, that's it. But Dave, for me, um, like craft beers, yeah. I'm not a guy. Like a craft beer isn't, you know, guys, we know guys that can sit down. Remember they used to talk about Andre the Giant could drink 36 yeah. beers in one sitting? 
I know guys that can go to the bar and knock down five or six or however many beers, yeah. right? Like a craft beer like that, I don't think you're doing that where you go five or six. Yeah. But man, old school Carl Strauss, like a red trolley. And if you're doing any of those or IP, I can't do that really yeah. dark beer. But you like beers that I consider bitter. Like you like Sierra Nevada. Yeah. That's on, a bitter beer to me. But I like Sierra Nevada on draft. Okay. But Sierra Nevada out of a bottle for me feels yeah. like a different beer. But on draft like those. But again, Dave, I'm, I'm one, maybe two. But that's not where you go, okay, I'm going to hang out all day. Yeah. Right? We're not going to go to Cali Comfort. And hang out and have lunch and watch the Super Bowl. And I'm going to walk out going, man, I had nine Sierra Nevadas. Yeah. No way. And I'm calling sick to work tomorrow. You aren't doing that. Yeah, no. Yeah, you aren't that guy. No, that's not happening. But I, but ice cold, one ice cold San Diego IPA, Ballast Point, or any of those guys that are through. We had a bunch of those guys come yeah. through uh, 1090. Yeah. They're great. But, but great for one. <laughs> yeah, much more than... <laughs> Much more than that, they're dragging me like a hammock, right? Get exactly. the hell out of here. Exactly. Throwing me in the river. All right, before we get out of here and, and we tell you what's coming up tomorrow because we have a special guest coming on tomorrow, I want to mention our good friend Brian Curry selling real estate all over San Diego County for the last 20 years. Don't forget, he's won the president's elite war numerous times. He's also the guy to find your new house. Make sure you call Brian Curry. Give him a call right away at 619-251-1588, 619 619- Two five one one five eight eight. Well, I think now is the time to call whether you're a buyer or a seller because they continue to say that the market is going to adjust. But how dramatically is it going to adjust? And if you're selling, this is really where we talk about buying. But let me talk to the seller for a minute. Though there is nothing I would think more stressful, and luckily I haven't been through it, but I know plenty of people who have, that put a house on the market and that house doesn't move. And you yeah. can't get people coming through because I think a lot of us look at it and say, hey, I've got my house and I've got $140,000 in equity, Dave, and I'm going to use that hundred and forty grand, and I'm going to buy the boat and I'm going to tour the world. And then all of a sudden, not only has it been 19 days, it's been 19 weeks and nothing's moving. That's why you want to call Brian because Brian's going to say, look, I know you feel like this is a million-dollar house, Manufactured homes in Imperial Beach are going for about 139 grand. <laughs> Here's the actual price. And we always talk about buyers buying in this market, but right now when you're selling before that market readjusts, nobody better to know than Brian Curry. Absolutely. And don't forget about that brand new fence you're going to need, especially with all the rain that we've had. You're going right. to notice, hey, you know what? My fence isn't holding up the way I thought it would. The winds were insane over the weekend. Don't forget about Daniel Tyler at Superior Fence Company. Started back in 2005 and very successful. Again, an A-plus rating with BBB. You name the kind of fence you want, you name the kind of gate you want, Daniel Tyler will take care of it for you all over San Diego County with free estimates. 760-745-4846. 760-745-4846. Yeah, I had something delivered to my house the other day. Guess what? Showed up at the neighbor's house. I wish Dan... Could handle Amazon and the post office, but even in that situation, when you make a small purchase, whether yep. it's $20 or a couple hundred dollars, and you're having it delivered, you want to know that your your item's going to get there. Dave points out about the rain and the mudslides and everything else going on. Absolutely true. Why you want to know Dan Tyler at San Diego's Superior Fence. But Dave, I say it tonight, man. Like when you have, I was at my kid's house. There's their dog and their cat. Just small little animals are such a big part of your life. And why take a chance on any of it being able to get outside? It's going to look great. It's going to increase that property value. So when you're ready to sell, Brian Curry is going to come out and say, hey, man, that fence that Dan Tyler put in, that helps us out. Maybe we can move this manufactured home for $4 million. <laughs> uh, Starts with a call to Dan Tyler. Protect your property, protect your things, protect your family, all with one simple phone call. Absolutely. How does that new pool sound as the weather starts to get warmer? Guess what? Alan Taylor standing by. Taylor Made Pools is ready to put that brand new pool in your backyard. 20 years in San Diego. You name the kind of pool you want. He'll make it even better than you could possibly imagine. Don't forget about Taylor Made Pools. Call Alan today. 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. So sad. Drove through City Heights on the way down here. 
and a couple of people with a long bed pickup truck yeah. sitting in the back drinking beers like they had their own City Heights hot tub. <laughs> I said, my God, that's pathetic. That's it was like just, Phil Collins in that Susu Sue video. They just had their arms out, right? They thought they're all fancy, holding up their yeah. umbrella drinks to me. I'm like, you're in a damn Ford Ranger, kiddo. Come on now. Yeah, make the call to Alan Taylor. Have a tailor-made pool yes. put in. Because right now, the weather's been so weird where it rains and it feels cold. And then you come out and it's warm and yeah. the whole deal. But I know friends that absolutely love, not maybe like yesterday when it's a hard rain, but when there's a light rain, yeah. I have friends that used to always say, now is the perfect day to get in the pool. They always say that it was such a fun day to be in the pool. But as the cost of everything goes up, whether it's airline tickets or hotels or gas goes up, why not just have the ability to hang out and hang out uh, in the backyard with a tailor-made pool? Thing is, too, what I love about working with Alan, yeah. it's not just a pool, Dave. He's doing your entire backyard. I got a damn oasis back there. <laughs> Check it out. Absolutely. And finally, don't forget about checking out our website as well. Our website we're really proud of. Again, it's DaveAndJeffShow.com. Kyle Fluger put it all together for us. 619-500-6621. And people compliment us all the time on this website. 619-500-6621. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Check it out. We are going to just wait to get the final word uh, for jakesprojects.org. Once we get that up and running, we'll start moving all your things there. We're going to be encouraging you to send in local music. We're going to send in photo, art, the whole thing. A lot of fun things coming on that website, and that's why you want to have Kyle on your side. Absolutely. All right, tomorrow's show, we have a guest coming in. Explain exactly what we're doing tomorrow. So tomorrow night, a guy that we have had an extended history with is Kyle Kraska from Channel 8 at KFMB. Uh, admittedly, that history was not always that great. But starting at the All-Star Game a couple years ago at the Home Run Derby, uh, all of that has been taken care of. And what Kyle's doing on uh, Valentine's Day at Dave & Buster's in Mission Valley is outstanding. Chargers left. One of the groups that took a huge hit was the San Diego Blood Bank. And Kyle has put together pretty much by himself with a little bit of promotion from Channel 8, uh, a blood drive for first responders that's going to take place on Valentine's Day. Kyle's going to be down here tomorrow We'll go through everything that happened at KFMB, but look, man, anytime somebody has been shot, yeah. what he's gone through, the challenges that he even faces today, he'll be all giddy because he's from back east, so he's a Patriots fan. They oh, damn, won. you're right. Uh, hey, look, he shut up Carlo Cicchetto. <laughs> Dumbest guy ever when you look at Carlo's potential Laker trades for Anthony Davis. <laughs> I had to tell Carlo to calm down. But uh, you all know Kyle from Channel 8. You know our history with him. But really, I would just say this. Um, the three of us are cool. Yeah. And when he said, hey, um, would it be possible to come down? I said, man, come on down. Come on down and tell your story. So, yeah, we'll ask him at the end if he's going to steal this show from us, too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the focus is he's doing a great thing for the blood bank. And this is really one of those things that when the, when the Charger left and the Spanos family left, the blood bank was in trouble. And Kyle put this thing together, and uh, he's coming down. And then I have to contact Josh Lewin. I think Josh Lewin is probably a week from tonight. Okay. So we're going to shoot for Lewin for a week from tonight to tell his story. We'll get everything done. But a lot of great guests coming up. And really, really thank you to everybody for the incredible feedback on the Laura Kane interview um she came down man she told her story last sunday night and i don't know dave what she thought the response was going to be but it's been absolutely yes. outstanding and i know it meant a lot to her but it's very funny how many of you now take credit like you booked her <laughs> like it was your idea because when i said hey laura kane's coming on oh what oh how great will that be and then the next day you know one of the most uh, entertaining and thorough interviews with Laura Kane. Yeah, I booked her. Stupid. <laughs> I knew what it was going to be. Like, I love how everybody... I had this dope John Nikos tonight on Twitter. Uh, Nick Canepa wrote a blurb today in his article about somebody on radio claimed that the Mike Riley-Tom Brady story was a rumor. It's not a rumor at all. 
I can tell you, and I'll tell you exactly how I know it's fact. We used to do the coaches show at Sports City Cafe yep. in 2000. Mike sat right to my left. And in a break, Mike told me the story of Tom Brady. This was before they had won anything. But he was telling me. What does me? I was there too. No, but I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking ahead. to him. Dave, because he's talking about Tom Brady, and I have to be honest. I wasn't paying attention to New England. I didn't even know who the hell he was talking about. But he kept saying, Brady is going to be a star, and I wanted him here. Yes. And uh, Bobby Beathard went with uh, the advice of his son, Jeff, and they drafted Jawan Sider. Yep. So Nick writes today that apparently somebody on the radio have no idea whether it was local or national is trying to act like that's a rumor. It's not a rumor. It happened. If we were here and you talked to Mike Riley, so I write that today, and this, John Nikos is like, you know, I remember Mike used to go on Scott and Billy Ray, and he would tell these stories, and I was like, hey, John, thanks. You know, he, he told the story yeah. to me too, John, and to Dave and to Nick, but thanks for bringing us all into your campfire. <laughs> like, God, I'm like, I was there, you dope. Stop talking to me like I'm your neighbor. Like, that's why I'm able to go on social media and go, hey, Nick, it's fact. It's yes. not fact because John told me. <laughs> Dummy. God, I'm like, what, what? where would you guys be if I wasn't in this town? I'm severely concerned for all of your well-beings. I'm like, this guy is talking like I have no idea. Where were you? Me and Dave are sitting there. Having a conversation. Yeah. Told us the whole story about trying to get him a scholarship at SC, and then they ran out of scholarships, and he was stuck going to Michigan. They had Tom as a th – the way I remember it, Dave, was they had Tom as a three. USC was chasing a four. They didn't think they were going to get the four-star recruit. Yep. The four-star recruit says yes, and Mike has to go back to the Brady family and say, hey, we can't do it. But here's the other point. That story didn't only happen – in 2000 at Sports City Cafe in La Jolla, it's happened about 14 times yeah. since, as I'm sure Nick has it too, when you've talked to Mike through the years. But I sat with Mike at Doubletree um, when Oregon State came down to play the Aztecs a couple of years ago. And we sat down and, and I go, Mike, walk me through that again. Yep. Well, Jeff, <laughs> yeah, that's how it happened. It would, yeah. A good player, good guy. But Mike didn't have any idea on that night. Not like Mike had revisionist history. Yeah. He's just saying, yeah, you know, Tom Brady from Wayne Brady. But yep. I'm just nodding. Oh, huh? oh, is that right? Is that right? They took Jawan. Like, Dave, who the hell is Tom Brady? Well, I tell you what, if the Chargers would have taken Tom Brady, we would have watched Jawan Sider win a six Super Bowl tonight. <laughs> Son of a gun. Probably true. Probably true. Uh, Check us out on social media at Dave Palais, at Jeff Dotseth. Back tomorrow night with Kyle Krauske. It's going to be a good one. Thank you, everybody. So